20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by Andrew Mertzig, and we are back for another Monday edition of the podcast. How are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, really great. Super Bowl Sunday. We'll talk all about that in a moment. But uh, also, you know, welcome in the YouTube audience. I know we're we're filling in for Andy uh, just for one day. So I'm looking forward to all the comments below the video that are like, why are these two guys here? Where's Andy? We miss Andy. We want a refund. <laughs> so, uh, we're, 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 we're sorry that you have to deal with us too today, but uh, looking forward to sharing what I think is going to be a pretty exciting topic with you. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew mentioned the Super Bowl. What? a game right like one of the most memorable super bowls of all time honestly mind blown mind blown just want to watch it again actually we have no idea like we are recording this just before the super bowl kicks off ross uglum has graciously agreed to cover the super bowl for everyone in his daily draft episode today so if if you came looking for super bowl takes uh check out ross's stuff later but uh, we are going to have a great show here. We're going to talk about a series that we like to go through every single offseason where we look ahead to the offseason to take a look specifically at what the Packers division rivals might be planning for the offseason. So we'll take a look at the Bears and the Vikings in the weeks ahead. But today is all about Detroit. The Lions are certainly an exciting young team, and it really looks like They've proved that they've done the rebuild the right way, right? They they went from a disaster of an organization in a lot of ways to the NFC Championship game, right? And so that's to their credit, uh, to the credit of Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, that whole group. But there's a lot of change that's coming for the NFC in general, the NFC North in general, but specifically for these Lions. They have some money to spend. They have some draft capital to invest as well. And clearly, these offseason moves have a direct impact on the Packers as well, sharing the division. So I think it's going to be a fun exercise to look ahead and project what all the teams in the NFC North are going to do uh, in the weeks ahead. But let's go ahead and start this conversation, Andrew, with these Detroit Lions. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a really natural place to start is just with with free agency. So the Lions, I think it's it's fair to say, have done the rebuild the right way. And in a lot of ways, if you really look at these two teams, the Lions are likely one year ahead of the Packers when it when it comes to that rebuild. The Packers just sort of turboed themselves yeah. uh, to <laughs> to narrowly behind the Lions right now. Um, and and actually, the Lions, interestingly enough, are in a little bit of a narrow window where they can still add instead of worrying about having to pay their own young, talented players. So they enter the offseason with a projected $43 million in cap space, but they can pull some levers with some simple restructures and get that to about $76 million. Mm-hmm. Or if they want to be really aggressive, they could get that up to $107 million with max restructures, but... Obviously, anytime you're doing max restructures, there's the potential for that to cause some problems going forward. 
maybe even narrow your window a little bit. So they probably want to be a little bit conservative with that figure. They could also look to clear several more million dollars by cutting the likes of Tracy Walker, the safety, or John Kaminsky, the edge rusher. In either case, the Lions find themselves in a really, really advantageous situation moving forward from cap standpoint. So some key free agents they have on their own roster. Uh, wide receiver Josh Reynolds, who didn't look like he was going to be a very key free agent, but really stepped up big uh, throughout the year. Uh, some guards, including uh, Big Vitae. I will not try to pronounce his first name. <laughs> Graham Glasgow, uh, defensive ends Romeo Aquara, Charles Harris, linebackers Julian Aquara, uh, and also Jalen Reeves-Maven, cornerback Jerry Jacobs, and safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, so it's an interesting list here, and I think like a season or two ago, it felt like Detroit would probably let any aging veteran just kind of walk because of how they were blowing things up and changing culture, getting younger, but now like now they feel like they're ready to compete, right? They've been there, they've been to the NFC Championship game, so it's interesting going forward to see if they bring back some of these older guys, right? Graham Glasgow will be 32 years old this summer. But he's been a constant for them at, at guards. So it'll be interesting to see if he's a priority for them to retain. There were actually rumors that Frank Ragnow was considering retirement, which is absolutely wild because he's like 27, 28 years old in, in next season. But he's decided he's going to continue playing, which is good for Detroit <laughs> and would have been nuts. If he had retired, it would have been absolutely insane to lose him and Glasgow in the middle of that offensive line, which was really, really good. Uh, so if I'm Detroit, I'm probably hoping to get Glasgow back on a reasonable deal and maybe make someone like Romeo Aquara uh, back in this edge room for some stability there. But there aren't a lot of names on this list that you absolutely have to bring back if you want to spend your money a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's really easy to see how the Lions could have, like I said, $76 million dollars with simple restructures yeah. and then not have to dedicate a lot of that cash space to your own free agents. Uh, so that's where those off season could get potentially really interesting for Detroit. As far as the draft goes, the Lions pick 29th overall in the first round. They have all of their own picks except their fourth rounder, but they do have an extra third, that being 73 overall, which is coming from Minnesota. So they, they basically have seven picks. They just subbed their fourth rounder for a, a pretty high third rounder from Minnesota. Yeah, getting that extra third from Minnesota in that Hawkinson trade is a bonus. Like, in hindsight, that trade looks pretty great for Detroit, right? Considering they replaced Hawkinson with Laporta at a much lower price tag. But Detroit has four picks in the top 100 now, so they will have the ability to fill out this roster even more from where it already is. I'd guess the interior offensive line will probably be a priority for them. With Glasgow entering, you know, the maybe the twilight of his career, we talked about Ragnow threatening retirement. Of course, he's not doing that. But anytime a player does that, you kind of get antsy about, like, does he want to play, like, into his mid-30s like a lot of guys do. But um, So I can see them adding that offensive line talent. I also think cornerback will be a pretty big priority for them. And the draft is rich with talent at corner. So that would make some sense, especially where they're picking in that late first round, late second round. There are clearly different directions the Lions could go with a lot of things this offseason. Um, Andrew is... This is where we get to have a little bit of fun, though, and ask this from our perspective. If it was up to us, what would we do with this Lions roster with this offseason? Trade all of their really talented players to Green Bay for minimal draft compensation. 
Is that is that what we're I looking like, for? I like the way that you think it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> so if if you take a look at Detroit, I I think number one, the the big kind of cloud looming over their offseason is they have a big decision to make on Jared Goff. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2025, and I just don't think you can come into the season with a lame duck quarterback, knowing that you're you're entering a pretty significant contention window because then every time they lose a game or Goff plays poorly. It's like huge question marks. And that's the only storyline you're going to hear. And every time he plays really well, then you're just going to be talking about like how much money is this going to cost the Lions? And it probably gets more expensive if you if you end up entering the 2025 offseason without a contract in place. So, you know, in my opinion, paying Goff huge money is probably going to be a little bit of an albatross contract like Kirk Cousins. But I'm not sure the Lions are going to have another option. They're, they're just, they're not going to be close enough to the top of the draft to take somebody. And even that is a big risk, right? Um, on your contention window. So yeah. some of that money that they have this off season is likely going to go to extend their quarterback. And then they have to make some decisions. You talked about resigning Glasgow, right? Their interior offensive line outside of Ragnow uh, are all free agents. So, you know, you, you're going to be looking at spending a little bit of that money to get those two back. So I don't want the lions to get better than they already are because it looks like the NFC North is going to be up to the Packers and Lions probably for the next three years but they have some money to spend and I don't see a lot of weaknesses on this roster so I would instead of signing several kind of mid-level free agents I'd like to sign one to two major impact free agents instead of just focusing on depth so I think Chris Jones from the Chiefs should be a main target. The Lions defensive line outplayed their talent this year. They have some solid pieces, but adding Jones bolsters your run defense and gives you a guy that likely means a scary amount of single blockers on Aiden Hutchinson. And I think that's worth every penny of what Jones will cost. We've seen the Chiefs let some of their marquee free agents walk in the past. And Jones is entering that age where maybe Kansas City doesn't want to invest what it's going to cost to bring him back with all the other money that they have to to spread across the the, uh, roster. So if Jones doesn't happen... I think Daniel Hunter is another intriguing option. Hunter and Hutchinson of off the edges is, of course, the stuff of nightmares. Uh, but I would really prioritize somebody like Chris Jones. Yeah, I don't like thinking about Chris Jones in Detroit, like even a little bit. Like that is, you know, those are players that you hope stay far out of the division and even far out of the NFC is totally fine. A great player. Um, but staying on the defensive side of the ball, I think they could dip into free agency for a cornerback and since they are in a winning window paying a vet like Kendall Fuller to come in and give their secondary a little bit of a boost might make some sense there I know you know the Packers look like they have an ascending group of wide receivers obviously Justin Jefferson probably staying in the division you know those those kind of weapons uh you have to account for that obviously pass rush helps but you need some coverage players as well uh, you mentioned that uh this division is going to be one that's going to be between the Packers and the Lions for the next couple of years. And the decision with Goff is really interesting. And I, I do have a hot take there, but I see we're going to get into the draft. So I'm going to kind of hold that for just a second um, and we'll, we'll get into that. But what do we anticipate Detroit doing here in the draft, Andrew? Yeah, well, so like go back to last year, right? Like oftentimes you can get a pretty good read on teams by what they've done in the past, especially the recent past. And the Lions got a lot of heat 
even from myself included, about their positional value in last year's draft. And they just they don't have to worry about that so much because they don't have the high-end draft capital that they've had the last couple of years. I think they just keep taking the best player available. It, it would be ideal to add on defense. I think you could probably add in their cornerback room, their linebacker room, their defensive line room, and all comfortably throw in players that are going to get an opportunity to make an impact. But if they see an offensive weapon they like, they shouldn't be afraid to go there early. We know, right? Like Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams, Laporta, that seems like a great nucleus of like pass catching options. And then you also, of course, have David Montgomery, who's a lot younger than you think. He's only 26. He feels like he should be like 35 mm-hmm. by now. Yep. Uh, and then Jameer Gibbs, of course, and, and that as a combo looked really great this past season. But adding another wide receiver or tight end could really make them one of those kind of unstoppable kind of offenses, especially somebody, you know, Amon Ra can play out of the slot a lot. So maybe it's another outside receiver. Maybe it's a bigger body guy because they have, you know, Williams and St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are really nice skill sets to have. But I, I think, you know, if they get the opportunity to draft a receiver, this looks like a tremendous receiver draft. Um, I don't think I would be too scared to go there if on the lines. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Obviously, Jamison Williams still has a chance to increase his role, and we saw a little bit of that towards the end of the season. So maybe that's in the cards if he can. It feels like earn the trust of this coaching staff might be the next step in in his career. Um, but it's interesting. Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds played a combined 1,300 snaps for this Lions team last season. So. If they do have a chance to take another difference maker at wide receiver or potential difference maker, I really think that that makes a ton of sense. It's amazing what Amon Ra has been able to do when defenses know that he's the primary guy, right? Obviously now Laporta mixed in and then you have some weapons in the backfield, but what he's been able to do kind of on his own in the secondary, add another guy in there. I feel like it could really just change the dynamics of this offense, which is not what we want as Packers fans, (laughs) but drop somebody in like A.D. Mitchell or Jalen Polk. I'm thinking like in the second round, that could probably, you know, add a lot to this offense. Uh, So I think receiver makes sense. I think corner, like I said earlier, makes sense. I'm going to go crazy. I told you I had a hot take here, and I'm not just trying to be like, you know, sensationalize this. But I think you got to think about all your options, and you got to think about the future. You mentioned Jared Goff, and I know this is a bit of a long shot because people seem to think that this guy is going to go top 20, and more recently sounds like maybe top 12, like he's just going up up the boards here. But if, if J.J. McCarthy slipped a little bit, and maybe Detroit traded up, and I know that's a combination of things that has to happen, He'd get to sit for a year, right? Like Jared Goff would still be there. He'd sit for a year. He'd get to learn. And McCarthy is basically already a legend in Michigan. So, like, there's some backing here from fans that would love this move. Um, Probably going to go too high in the draft. But Detroit probably wouldn't disrupt the team chemistry. I think that's the biggest thing here, right? They like what they've got going. They like Goff as much as they probably are hesitant to pay him. But I just think it would be interesting and maybe give them their best shot at a long-term solution that doesn't include overpaying Jared Goff that might actually extend this window from two to three years to, you know, a decade if you're able to get someone. You know, obviously you have to hit on J.J. McCarthy, and that may not be the simplest thing in the world. But with weapons like Gibbs and Amon Ra, Laporta, all those guys mixed in, you can definitely see a path 
for someone like J.J. McCarthy to have success versus if he were to land somewhere else in a more difficult situation. Yeah, and it's fascinating. I don't necessarily think he's like really high on my list of quarterbacks and, and like I would project him to necessarily go in the first round. But Michael Penix would be really interesting in this offense because yeah. Goff, pretty statuesque in yeah, and of itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. And one of the biggest criticisms of Penix is like, does yeah. this guy have the ability to play off platform? Well, right. the Lions play in a way that doesn't really require you to do a whole lot of that. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think McCarthy, much higher upside, right? But we yeah. know that Penix could probably do some of the things that Goff is doing. And with a year of sitting, mm-hmm. um, then could easily transition into that. That allows the Lions to really reset the cap number. But again, you know, you're hoping to win a Super Bowl next year. Right. And, and then you're starting to talk about the future. Uh, has a little bit of Green Bay influence to it, quite frankly. Yeah. And I don't know that any other team has the courage to sit with something like that. Well, and I know, like, obviously Jared Goff is not Aaron Rodgers, but, like, the ability to take Penix and say the second, I don't think he gets to a place where they've got the two picks, they've got Minnesota's third, so maybe, maybe Penix slips all the way to that spot. But if you can take him second, third round, it's easier to justify to Jared Goff say, yeah. hey, like, we love this player, he was available to us, you know, we just want to develop him and see what he is, but you're our guy, right? Like, you can stick with that philosophy, and it probably sticks, whereas... You, you trade up for J.J. McCarthy, take him in the first round. Like, Jared Goff's not an idiot. Like, he knows what they're doing. And so, like, that would be very, very interesting. And if you don't hit on a quarterback in the second or third round, you move on, and you're still probably contending the way that you were. So, actually, I really like the way that you're thinking there. And it'll be interesting to see if, if anything like that were to transpire uh, when, when Detroit has an option to select some players here in April. Yeah, I, I think I think this is one of the off seasons to watch. While it may not have kind of the big names of of like transactions like the Vikings do. Yeah. Hint, we're gonna be talking Vikings next week. <laughs> uh, the Lions, of course, I, I think that's the only team that has a legitimate chance to be in Green Bay's way in this division mm-hmm. in 2024 so uh obviously going to keep a really close eye on that the lines don't have a lot of needs so anywhere that they add that's majorly impactful is going to make them very difficult uh as the new big rival in the nfc north for green bay but that is all the time that we have for today thanks so much for tolerating us on the youtube stream andy (laughs) will be back in the very near future we expect tomorrow um and of course if you want to check out uh the really cool draft breakdowns in addition to some super bowl conversation check out ross's which will hopefully release just in a few few minutes few hours uh pretty (laughs) soon uh but this has been the pack a day podcast you can find kyle on twitter at packer underscore pundit and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter. You can subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done that so far on YouTube. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Monday. Maggie will be back next week, uh, and we'll be breaking down more off-season coverage. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Oh.